0: Crowd tonight, and I appreciate you being here, each one of you. And it's encouraging to see them young folks. Matter of fact, I was in the office praying this evening about 3:30, uh, praying about the young folks, and uh, especially them ones that uh, Mandy had been bringing. And while I was praying, my phone rang, and it was Mandy, and she said, uh, "Brother Rick, I'm bringing all them kids back tonight." And uh, so, uh, so that was an encouraging thing to me. And uh, then to see you here tonight uh, is an encouraging thing as well. And uh, so tonight, uh, we're going to get right into the lesson tonight. I asked Caleb if you would pass them out, or uh, Bill can help you if you need help. And uh, we're going to study tonight a lesson that we, I done back in 2019, uh, but there wasn't money here that night, plus I I didn't do lesson sheets that night, uh, but this is a, a lesson that uh, it's a good lesson. Uh, most of the information comes from a preacher down in uh, West Virginia, and uh, he does all kinds of stuff like this, so uh, I won't take all the credit for it. I have to give the credit for where I learned it from, uh, Brother Farmer, uh, but this is some good stuff here. And uh, so we're going to look at this tonight. And uh, I really wanted to wait till next Wednesday night because next Wednesday night's the, the new full moon. Uh, but I decided to go ahead and do it tonight. And uh, but we're going to look tonight, uh, if some of you, you've, you've heard some of this, few of you, uh, most of you hadn't, uh, but how the moon is a type of the church. And uh, we want to look at that tonight. And uh, it's uh, interesting and good to show you how God did things. All right, we're going to take our reading tonight. Uh, from Genesis uh, 1, verse 14 through 16 tonight. Of course, this is a creation uh, account. And the Bible said, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning uh, were the first day. Uh, All right, let's pray. Father, we do come tonight. We thank you for, uh, Lord, each one that's here tonight on this Wednesday night. And uh, we just praise God, uh, Lord, for the uh, uh, ones that are here tonight. Uh, I know we had several to call that were sick and couldn't come tonight. And uh, so, Lord, we're thankful for those that did come. Uh, Lord, we didn't have uh, teachers for uh, the little bitty kids. And, Lord, you provided that tonight. And uh, that's encouraging. We thank you for that. And I pray you'd bless them, let them enjoy their self. Bless the youth group across the road, Uh, Lord, having their lesson outside. And I pray you'd bless them tonight. And now, Lord, open up this uh, to us tonight. Let us see it tonight uh, out of the Word of God. And I pray you'll uh, touch our hearts and get our minds uh, off our problems and get our mind, Lord, on our answer tonight, which is you. And we'll be careful and thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, the fourth day of creation, God made to appear the sun and the moon and the stars. Uh, he made them to appear. Uh, and, uh, and it says that he did all this for signs, signs. And uh, the word used there for signs is the same word that we find over in 1 uh, Corinthians, I think it's chapter 16. And uh, verse number 22, I believe it is. And uh, I wasn't sure about this, and I, I checked it out, and it is, uh, it is true. But in First uh, Corinthians 16 and verse 22, the Bible uh, talks about the Lord coming back there. And uh, verse 22, He said, "If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be." Ananapa, that means cursed, and then that word, Mariatha, and that word means coming. And so the same word is used here in Genesis, where it says that these were given for signs. And so the Lord put these things in the sky, and they have to do with things to come, things to come. And... uh, And you'll see this as we go on in through it a little bit more. Now, the whole story of the Bible, in the Old and the New Testament, the whole story of the Bible is about a son to come. Yeah, S-O-N. A son to come, not an S-U-N, but a son to come. That's in both Testaments. But in Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. It's it's odd how that uh, this thing's worded here, in the last verse in Malachi. And the Bible says uh, uh, Malachi. Uh, let's see, I've got my verse here. Malachi four two. The Bible says, "But unto you that fear my name." Shall the sun, notice how that's spelt there. But we know who it's talking about. Talking about the Lord Jesus. But it's spelt S-U-N. It said, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. So the brightest thing in the sky, the brightest thing that there is in the sky is what? The sun, the sun. That's the brightest thing in the heavens. And it should be the brightest thing in our life and in our church is the S-O-N, the sun. All the story of the Bible is a story of a son to come. Isn't that right? Uh, all the way through the Old Testament, the prophets are saying he's coming, he's coming. And then we get to the New Testament and the Lord does come. And then he comes and he leaves, and now the story again is what? He's coming. He's coming. Uh, So while uh, Jesus was here on earth, he was the sun shining. He was the light. He was the sun shining. And they said of the sun while he was here in Luke 179, They that sat in darkness saw a great light. A great light. And so the sun is a type of the Son of God. Uh, And we'll see that a little bit more as we go on. Now, while Jesus was here, it was a daytime. The reason we know that is because John 9 and 4. John 9 and 4. Somebody read that for me. John 9 and 4. If you find it, read it. John 9 and 4. All right, so he said, Jesus said, I must work the work, but while it's day, all right? He was doing the work when he was here. It was day, but he said the night was coming, and uh, we're in the night season. Paul said the night is far spent, was day when the Lord Jesus was here. But one day the sun went away, and in Acts 1 and 10, the Bible said, uh, while they looked steadfast toward heaven, he was taken up and a cloud uh, hid them out of their sight. So the night set in, and he left us in an age of darkness. We're in an age of darkness tonight, and it's getting darker all the time. Now, while Daniel 12 and 4 said, Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. But yet Romans 1 and 22, the Bible said, and we have a lot of knowledge tonight. The last hundred years has brought more knowledge than any time that man's been upon the planet. Uh, Most of all inventions were made in the last one hundred years. And Daniel said that. Daniel said, in the last days, many would run to and fro and knowledge would increase. But knowledge increased, we may have more knowledge about a lot of things, but that don't necessarily mean we have more knowledge about God, does it? The Bible said in Romans 1 and 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became what? Fools. So worldly wisdom, uh, uh, school learning wisdom, don't necessarily make you know anything about God. Matter of fact, the Bible said, the world by wisdom knew not God. That's why a lot of your college professors, a lot of, Uh, Those folks in places like that, they're atheists. They don't believe in God. They've got educated out of God, and they don't believe in God no more. So the worldly enlightenment has brought us into an area of spiritual darkness. And the closer we get to the Son of God coming again, the darker it gets, getting darker by the day. And, uh, and it's going to continue to get dark. You remember Matthew fourteen twenty five? I preached from that not long ago. And the Bible said Jesus came in what watch of the night? The fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night is the darkest part of the night. So the darker it gets, uh, the better the chances of Jesus coming. Amen? Now, the moon is considered, in our scripture reading, the moon is considered to be a lesser light. And so, when Jesus went away, when the sun went away, the nighttime set in. We're in the nighttime now. But the good news is that when the sun went away and the darkness set in, the Lord did not leave us without a light. We still got a light. And the light is what? Spiritually, the light is the church. And so when the the sun goes away, we still have light, but the light is what? The moon. So that moon is a type of the church. The Son of God has went away, but we still have light in the church. Jesus said, at one time, he said, I am the light of the world. But then when he left, he said, ye are the light of the world, and you're the church. And so if the world has any light tonight, it has to get it from the church. And of course, yes, the, somebody said the scriptures, and yes, they are a light. Uh, The Bible said there are a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. But the light of the sun went away for the moon. We know that the moon has light, but the moon gets its light from where else? The sun. All right, we have light as a church, but where do we get our light? The The Son of God. If we didn't have him, we wouldn't have no light. One place the Bible said, uh, if you believe not his word, there's no light in you, or something to that effect. And so, uh, we're, we're talking tonight of how the moon is, is a type of the church. And uh, we're going to see this tonight as we go a little bit farther on. Uh, it's a clear type of the church. Now, if the moon is a clear type of the church, what do the stars represent? The Bible said he made the stars also. Individual Christians, individual Christians, okay? The moon gets its light from the sun. The moon's a clear type of the church, and the stars are a type of individual Christians. Now, the lesson thought comes from the word rule in our our text. The Bible says, uh, and God said, uh, let there be light, and there was light. And then he says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day is what? The sun. greater light to rule the day, that's the sun. But the lesser light to rule the night is what the moon? Okay, so we're the lesser light, and we're in the night, and uh, so the moon is a type of us. Now that word uh, "rule," that word means to governors what it means, and uh, or to have power over, it, to exert uh, overwhelming influence on something. So when Jesus went away, he left his church here to influence the world. And at one time, we were doing a great job. But our influence is not doing too good right now. All right, right, let's now let's let's get into the moon. Let's see how the moon is a type of a church. Okay, you didn't see the moon when you got up because it was what? It's daylight. Where's the moon at? Well, it's, it's hidden in a... Another land out there somewhere uh and and when you think about it, you got genesis you got Genesis one and you go all the way down until until the fourth day, and then you see the moon. It might have been there before that the way the Bible says it it just says it says that god uh let's see. It said, And God said, Let there be lights firm of heaven, dividing days and nights, and so forth. And God made the two great lights, the greater to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And uh, so God made them, and they first appear in that 14th verse on the fourth day. Fourth day. Well, when we think about the church... It's the same with the church. You don't see the church in the Old Testament. Right? You don't see it in the Old Testament. It's it's called a mystery, really, in the Old Testament. But what do you see in the Old Testament? The Son. Genesis 3.15, the Son's promised. Uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, what... Uh, uh, 9 and 7, for unto us a son is given. Isaiah 53, you got glimpses of the sun in the old testament, but you don't see the church. But you know when you really see the light of the church? When the sun goes away. When the sun went away in Acts uh, Acts 2, then we start to really see the light of the church. Okay? That's the way it is. Uh, the fourth day, so to speak, in the New Testament, that's uh, the same thing. Now, uh, how many's familiar with uh, First First Peter? Uh, somebody read to me uh, First Peter three and eight. Second Peter three and eight. Second Peter three and eight. Okay, that's that's the Lord's time calendar. Uh, The Lord don't look at time like we do. The Lord said one day with the Lord's a thousand years. So when we look at it in that light of the Word, Jesus had not been gone all that long in God's sight. Uh, Now, from Adam to Christ, from Adam to Christ is how many years? Two thousand years, that's right. From the church age till Christ comes again, it'll be about how many years? Two thousand. Okay? The millennial reign is how long? It's a thousand years. And then from creation to God made Adam, is how many years? From creation to Adam, two days. So I know you got the gap theory, and you're, I know they tell you that this rock's 10 million years old and all that stuff, but that don't line up with the Bible. God said uh, uh, one day is with the Lord's a 1,000 years. So from creation to God made Adam is 2,000 years. From the time that God made Adam to Christ came is 2,000 more years. When Christ comes back again, it'll be 2,000 more years. One, two, three, four, five, six. The seventh year is a millennial. God made the world in six days, and what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. It's a perfect time. Uh, God gives man 6,000 years here upon earth. The Lord comes back. We have a millennial reign, and we have the prophetic week uh, that the Lord speaks about in the Bible. And uh, so, uh, looking at that, and going back again to uh, to the moon and how it's a type of the church, uh, the Bible says the Bible says uh, uh, here in uh, Matthew 16 and 18, uh, the Lord come to build His church. Isn't that right? He said, Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he goes away, and he leaves behind for light in the night season the moon, the church, you and me. So you can notice as the sun sets or dies in the west, the moon rises in the east. So he dies so she can rise. The sun goes down so the church can come up. It's a a type there. And another thing about the moon is it always follows the sun's path. That's a scientific fact. The moon always follows in the path (coughs) of the sun. So, as a church, what are we supposed to do? Peter says it this way. We are to follow in His steps. Follow in His steps. Okay. The moon doesn't follow an earthly thing. The moon follows the sun. As a church, you and I aren't to follow earthly things. We're to follow the Son of God. And because the moon always follows that path, they know, astrologers know, that they can always tell where the moon's going to be at any given moment because it follows the path of the sun. And so, as a Christian, you ought to be able to tell where a Christian is at 6.30 on Wednesday night. You ought to be able to tell where a Christian is at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and 11 o'clock. Unless they're sick or something, you ought to be able to tell where they're at. If your neighbor wanted to find you at 6.30 tonight and they know you're a child of God and somebody comes and says, I need to get a hold of Caleb. I need to find Caleb. And they say, well, I know where he's at. He's over at Bethel Church Wednesday night. That's where he's at. See, that's the way we ought to be. We ought to be so predictable because we follow the path of the sun that they know where we're going to be and where we're not going to be. Amen? Now, the moon, somebody find the Psalms uh, 19, 1 through 7. Psalm 19, 1 through 7. If you find it, read it. Did you hear him read that, that the sun was as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber? So the sun uh, is a type of Christ, as we've already said. Now, uh, in a 24-hour period, the moon goes into all the world, a 24-hour period. What are we supposed to do? We just read a missionary letter. The Lord said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, tell the story. Uh, that's what we're supposed to do uh, as a church. Now, when the moon is full and comes over the horizon, she looks so big. You've seen it like that, haven't you? It looks so big. It's like you could just reach out and touch it. And the reason that it looks so big is because it's closest to the sun. You know when you know when we when we look the best, when we're at our best, it's when we're closest to the Son. When we make much of him, he makes much of the church. When the church makes much of the Lord and gets close to the Lord, then the Lord makes much of the church. Isn't that true? He makes much of the church as she carries him higher and higher and magnifies him more and more, the church looks bigger and bigger. Amen. All right? If you look up at the full moon, next Wednesday night, if if it's clear, if you look up at a full moon, the first thing you're going to see when you look up at that full moon is what? The man in the moon. How many's ever seen the man in the moon? Yeah, I can remember when I yeah I remember when I was a little kid. My mom or grandma or somebody said, "Look up there, there's, there's a man in the moon." Okay, the moon is a ty- moon is a type of what? And who's in us? There's a man in us. Right? we got Jesus in us. There's a man in the moon. In every culture around the world, every one of them, you can check this out, in every culture around the world, the moon is always spoken of in a feminine way. In other words, they'll say things like, she's shining bright tonight, uh, yet they still talk about the man in the moon. So when we talk about the church tonight, we talk about the church as the what? Bride. The bride. The bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. We're the bride. Well, that makes a verse over in First Peter 3 that we need to read at this time. Somebody read it. First Peter 3 and 4. First Peter 3 and 4. Hold it right there. Back that up and read that again. Hold it right there. You hear it? He said, let it be the hidden man of the heart. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about a woman, though, isn't he? I mean, Jesus is a hidden man, but he's talking about a, a wife. And he says, he says uh, you want to win your husband? Let that, let that hidden man of the heart. So you got all these women will want to be men. Well, hey, you got one in you? Ain't that good enough? Yeah. Yeah, some of them, saved ones, got, got one in them. But, uh, so the moon is spoken of in a female sense. Uh, somebody read uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. 2 Corinthians eleven two. 2. This is what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, talking about the church spoken of in a feminine sense. All right, that's Christ talking about the church. Somebody read Revelations nineteen seven. I mean, we've got all kinds of places we can go to tonight, but the church is always spoken of in the female sense. And we're going to be married to Christ. Okay, so the moon is a type of the church. And the moon, so to speak, we say there's a man in the moon. Well, there's a man in the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we're shining our brightest, the world ought to be able to look at us and see Jesus in us. Amen. You ought to be able to see Jesus in us, and uh, then the Bible said in our text. Let's go back to our text here. And the Bible said, and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth." And it was so. And God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And so the Bible says that that moon was made to rule some things in the night. We're in the night. So what does the moon rule? Well God put the moon in the sky to control the weather. Did you know the Largest controlling factor in our weather is the moon. And the position of the moon affects the climate over the earth, meaning its position of the sun. That's why the Farmer's Almanac can, can come close to predicting the weather. Pretty good. You ever checked it out, that old Farmer's Almanac? Uh, it'll hit it pretty good. You know how it does it? It does it by the moon. The moon is on a cycle only completed every 18 and a half years. So every 18 and a half years, they know the weather repeats itself. Uh, And then they factor in the ocean currents, prevailing winds, and they know pretty much what the weather's going to do. So the position of the church, the moon, us, the church, is to affect the spiritual temperature of the world. When the church is close to the sun, it's warm, good, hot. You ever heard them say, boy, that preaching's hot today. That church is red hot. I tell you, there's a bunch of red hot Christians there. I hadn't heard that in a while, but I have heard them say it. But the the position the church has to the sun determines the temperature of the sun. If we come in here and we've done it, And we'll probably do it again. But if we come in here and somebody goes out and they said, I tell you what, that's the coldest church I was ever in in my life. You know what the problem is? Yeah, but you're talking about the temperature. My mom, I hope you are, my mom used to say, my mom used to say in front of people, she said, son, you got the coldest church in town. I said, mama, don't say that. There's a church in town that's. I say it's the oldest and the coldest church. But if a church is cold, it's not because it's in town or out of town. It's because it's not positioned where it ought to be to the sun. And if all of us are where we ought to be with the sun, if all of us get close to God and all of us start praying and all of us start doing what we're supposed to do, One by one, you know what? This church is going to start heating up. And one by one, when we start not praying, skipping church, not reading our Bible, not testifying, not spending time with Jesus two or three times a day, you know what happens one by one? The temperature starts to fall. Yes, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the eclipse is when the earth gets between the sun and the moon and it causes a partial darkness, I guess you could say. And when we let the world get between us and Jesus, it causes us to have an eclipse. Darkness over us. Amen. Okay. Were it not for the true church... Were it not for the true church, there is a true church in the world, and every church is not it. There's a false church, and there's a true church. And it were not for the true church that's in the world right now, we wouldn't know nothing about laws. We wouldn't know nothing about right and wrong. There would be no civilized world. When you go places where there's no Bible. And there's no belief in God or belief in a false God. What you got's got is heathenism. Heathenism. But when you bring the Bible in and teach the Bible, things change. Uh, heathens become civilized. So without the true church, there would not even be no, there is a real science. The Bible believes in a real science. But over, uh, I think it's in First uh, Timothy 6. Caleb, okay, see if you can find it there, the last chapter of 1 Timothy 6. The Bible says, Beware of science falsely so called. In other words, it ain't real science. Why is it not real science? Because it doesn't line up with the Bible. That's why, is it, did you find it? Now yeah, I think it's the last around the last verses there in First Timothy six. It'll say, "Beware of science falsely so called." Okay, so uh, I'll give you an example of that. Evolution is not science. It's a science falsely so called. You say, "Why it don't line up with the Bible?" The Bible says God made man. Uh, that's, that's real Bible science. But, but the other says that man came from something else, and that's science falsely so called. And uh, go ahead. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, that's why they say, you heard this saying before, Back to the Bible or back to the jungle? Well, we're going back to the jungle because people are throwing the Bible out. Yes. Yeah. Started out of theory and then they switched over and started teaching as fact. But Marlow's right. the The first schools were in the church. Uh, the universities like Harvard and some of those, those were raised up to train preachers of the gospel. So what I'm saying, were it not for the true church, we wouldn't we wouldn't even have all the things we have uh tonight. We probably we wouldn't even have no uh no declaration of independence without a true church. So uh I gotta hurry. I'm, I got a lot to go and I'm gonna run out of time. Okay, the moon, uh, the moon controls the weather. Uh, the moon rules over the ocean and the tides. The moon has a great pulling power. When the moon is really pulling, we get what's called the high tide. That's what calls that the magnetic pull of the moon, along with the pull of the sun. The sun is 93 million miles away and the moon is 250,000 miles away. But the highest tide is when the sun and the moon are lined up together. That's when you got your greatest pull. When the sun and the moon lines up together, that's when you get that highest tide. Now, as a church... Do you know when, how many knows what it means to have God to pull on your heart? How many remembers when you was a lost sinner and you went to church and you couldn't explain it, but there was a power from another world that was pulling on your heart? You know why that happened? Because the church was lined up with the sun in those days. And the more the church lines up with the Son, lines up with His words, lines up with His teaching, lines up with His living, the greater pull there is out there. Out there. So, think of that. Uh, When the church is not lined up with the Son, the opposite thing happens. It pulls against it. I've heard some people say this. Maybe you said this. Why don't people get under conviction no more? Why don't you see people just really drawed to the Lord? Because the sun's over here and church is over here somewhere. But when the church gets close to the sun, and it, when it gets right there with the sun, that's when the strongest pulling power is. The moon's a type of the church. Jesus said, John 6, 44, Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father draw him. ain't that right? So we've got to have him to get men and women drawn to Christ, okay, there is places there is places in the world, and science can't figure out why it is, but there is places in the world. That there is no drawing power from the sun and the moon. They don't really know why it is. I'll tell you where one place like that is. Wrong. Isn't that interesting? They can't explain it, but there's no drawing power There. In Rome, there's some other places like that, but that's one of them. i got to hurry. Okay, the moon rules over life and death. You mothers can answer this question. Most babies are born when? Full moon. Yeah. Is that what you said? Well, same thing, I guess. But uh, Most babies are born that when they're born naturally. Of course, not many of them are born naturally nowadays. The baby doctor wants to take a vacation in July, so she induces labor. And uh, I personally think, and I I don't know anything, but it just makes sense that babies are healthier if they go full term. Did you have your hand up, Diane? Okay, the moon—they uh, know that. You get out the hospital. Cheryl's worked hospital. I don't know if she ever worked on OB or not. Anybody ever worked on OB? You did. And uh, I've heard them nurses say, Oh Lord, it's a full moon next week. They'll be coming in from everywhere. Right. So a full moon is when the moon is close to the sun. You know when we have births in the church? When the church gets close to the sun. That's when that's when most of them will be born. It's a matter of record. Most babies are born when the moon is bright and shiny. You know why you have so many people saved in revival? People get under a burden. People start praying. They start getting right with God. And the, and the church gets bright and shiny. You start having babies born. Did you know this? Most natural deaths occur... At the dark of the moon, or the time of the new moon, or no moon at all. That's when most natural deaths happen, they say. You know, when people start dying in the church, when there's no light, when the church ain't close to the sun, okay, Caleb already brought this up, but there is what's called a lunar eclipse. And that's when the earth gets between the sun and the moon. It casts a darkness, a darkness. Okay, the moon rules over the ocean. Uh, The moon uh, rules over the weather. Uh, The moon rules over the harvest. I know Sheila knows this. And not because she's an old-timer, but she's heard old-timers say this. Because our grandmother was an old-time gardener. Old-timers believed it mattered when you put your seeds in the ground. That's not superstitious. Uh, That's not uh, astrology and all that junk. That's just what people have learned all back through the beginning of time. They learned their special time to plant things. The moon must be right when you put your seed in the ground. If you put your potatoes in the ground at the wrong time, you cut them up and put them in the ground at the wrong time, what's going to happen? They'll rot or they won't come up. David, when's the best time to plant potatoes? When you got time? I, know, I don't know if it's the best time or not, but I know old Bill Ledbetter. Old Bill Ledbetter used to say, well, I can't I can't plant my potatoes till Good Friday he said they won't do as good if you plant them before good friday and uh, and he'd always put them in the ground at that time i know my grandmother i know she did all of her gardening by all that stuff farmer's almanac that's what the farmer's almanac's going by you see and so if the church if the church is not where it needs to be we're wasting time planting seeds And one of the reasons they never come up is because the church plants them at the wrong time. We're not where we need to be. There's more to it than just planting a seed. The time's got to be right. The church needs to be right. One old man told someone that was trying to witness to him, he said, you just whales to save your breath to cool your coffee off. Because he knowed how they lived. And I remember a, a man out Carl Hill used to go to Carl Hill and he told me this himself, Carl Hill Baptist, that was having a revival years ago. And he said some men come to him that's having a revival and they come back to him, he's lost, and they come back in the pews trying to get him to go down to the altar. And he told them to get away, or he said, I'll whip every one of you. I know where you was at last night and I know how you live all week long. Don't be talking to me about God. You know what the problem was? Is trying to plant their seed at the wrong time. They needed to get their self right with God. They needed to get close to God. their self. That's what happened to Lot. Lot tried to plant some seed there with his son-in-laws, and they said, they said, why? They began to mock him. They said, Well, you got to be kidding us. Well, you live, and you you're trying to tell us about the Lord? So, the moon makes a difference. It makes a difference in the harvest as to where the moon is. Moon Moonbed type of church. If we're need to be with the Lord, then we'll have a lot more seed come up. All right. According to the farmer's almanac, the moon has something to do with fishing. Said so the fish bite best if the moon's at a certain place. Said so that. I know you can can get your farmer's almanac. I didn't get mine out today. But when you look at it, it'll tell you what's good days to fish and what's uh, bad days to fish and all like that. And uh, uh, going back to the, the moon, babies being born on a full moon, the native Indians used to call the May full moon Mother's Moon. Mother's Moon. They had evidently noticed something about that. Okay, I've got about, well, I've got every how long I want to take. The, uh, and this is one I wondered about, but I found out today it's true that Steve, Greg might know something about this. Uh, now everybody concretes their fence post is in, but they said the moon has something to do with the fence post. If the moon's not right, the post won't stay in the ground. Is that right? Yeah. It said, If the moon's not right, the post won't stay in the ground. And Billy Kelly, uh, Charles Mustin called me today, and I was telling him what I was teaching tonight. And Charles said, Billy Kelly, uh, said, Billy Kelly told me one time, he said, Preacher, said, did you ever dig a fence post hole? And Charles said, Yeah. He said when you put the post in there you took the dirt out you put a post in there but you still ain't got enough dirt to fill up the hole. But he said other times he said you dig a hole you put the post in there and you got more dirt than you need. And Billy Kelly said that's cause of the moon son said the moon's got something to do with that. Position of the moon. Now what's all that mean as to the church. Well a fence is a boundary line. That's what, a, that's what the fence is. It's a boundary line. Read about that in Proverbs that Steve and, and Sammy's been teaching. But if the moon is not positioned right, if the church ain't where it needs to be, the fence is wobbly. It's not a straight boundary line now. Now it's uh, men can marry men, women can marry women getting a little loose now things that used to be straight as an arrow now they're they're kind of over in this section and what used to be wrongs okay now well what happens well what happens is the church the moon is not positioned where it needs to be with the sun if we was if we was the fence post wouldn't be wobbly it wouldn't come out of the ground now now when we live nowadays it's like it was in the Old West at one time. You say, what well, you mean there wasn't no fences? Everybody just roamed and went wherever they wanted to. That's about where the church world is today. It's, uh, it's Judges, the last chapter of Judges. Every man did that which was right in his own sight. I'm about done. The moon has, Marla said it, the moon has something to do with our behavior. If you don't believe it, ask any policeman. If you don't believe it, ask hospital workers. Pastors. (laughs) The full moon affects people and makes them do crazy things. The record proves it. What's that got to do with the church? Full moon's close to the sun. And when the church gets close to the sun, people do crazy things. They go... They take off running. They jump up and down and start shouting. You say, why? Full moon. Church is close to the sun. We're acting a little crazy. It affects our behavior. Her behavior, okay. Here's just the last one. I'm done with this one. Uh, I just found this one today. The moon has something with pruning trees. What is it? Arbor Day. Uh, I know my dad used to say this. I'm sure Sheila's heard him say it, but Daddy'd say, Daddy'd say, on that time, Mary, he said you can take an axe. And make one mark on a tree and it'll die. I've heard Daddy say that I don't know how many times I've heard Daddy say that. But if you don't prune a tree at the right time as to the position of the moon, it'll affect the growth and the fruit bearing if you don't do it at the right time. And it could even kill it if you do it at the wrong time and it'll hinder growth. It all has to do with the phases, phases of the moon. So, preachers and Sunday school teachers and Christians—they need to learn how to prune the church at the right time. First church, the first interim church I ever pastored was the General Baptist Church on Cleveland Avenue. It's it's gone now. They wanted me to take that church, and I'd pastored six months as an interim pastor, and we went from, uh, went from 14 to about 20, I guess. And I remember the first Sunday I went to the offering board. The offering for the Sunday morning offering was $14. At the end of six months, it was $35 or $40, something like that. And they wanted me to stay, and I didn't feel like I needed to, and I didn't. Of course, the rest is history. But right before I left, they wanted me to go to an ordination meeting. General Baptist ordination meeting. They were going to uh, ordain some uh, deacons and some uh, preachers. And I think they wanted me to go thinking that would change my mind. And uh, and I was, was scared to death at the time. Didn't know what to do. Didn't want to get out of the will of God. But didn't know what the will of God was. I was praying trying to find it. But the only thing I remember about that meeting that night was there, there was an old white-headed preacher named Brother Jerdigan. and he was an old General Baptist preacher, was real white-headed, and it was it fell on him to preach the charge to them deacons and to those preachers, and I never will forget what he said. It's really been a help in my ministry all down through my ministry. But he said, "Boys," he said, "y'all don't have a church yet." He said, "You deacons, you're." Uh, you don't, you're don't. you going to be a deacon at a church somewhere. But he said, boys, said when, when God gives you a church, he said, learn how to shear the sheep. He said, my daddy raised sheep. And he said, my daddy would always get the best sheep share he could find, and he'd usually get the same one every year. And he said, there ain't nothing no more prettier or lovely that has ever been seen than a field of sheep after they've been sheared. He said they look like a big white cloud out there in the field. Somebody knows what they're doing. But he said every now and then, he said, Daddy couldn't get him. They'd have to get the, somebody, just anybody, and he'd get them in there, and they didn't know what they are doing. And he said they'd, they'd shear them sheep, and they'd nick them up. And he said when they got done, there's the awfulest looking things you ever seen. He said they had big blood splotches on their white uh, wool, and he said they were just awful to look at. And he said, boys... He said when you get a church he said learn how to shear the sheep. He said don't shear them too close. He said learn how to shear them just right and he said when you get done they'll look good. But he said if you shear them too close he said you're going to have a mess. I try to remember that all my ministry. That the sheep need shearing. And he said this, he said sheep need shearing. But they only need sharing a couple times a year. Some preachers shear sheep every week. They beat their people to death. They beat them down. It's always negative. It's always something bad. And they just shear them Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And they're always a congregation that looks beaten down. Why? Why? Those ever who's sharing them don't know what he's doing. He's sharing them too close and too often. Amen. Amen. So anyway, next Wednesday night, when you come or leave, there should be a full moon out there. And I hope you'll look at it and say, that's just like the church. Father, we thank you. To